Hi everyone, you're listening to the Health and Wellbeing Podcast. I'm Alison Mitchell, a practicing naturopath, and you can find me on naturopathnsw.com.au. These podcasts will feature discussions on various health conditions, health tips, and nutrition from a naturopathic perspective. Sometimes it's just me, sometimes I'm interviewing guests. All the time, I hope to share with you information on health and well-being with the aim to empower and educate. Please remember that all information is general and not a specific recommendation that replaces consulting with a practitioner. Please talk to your healthcare practitioner before undertaking any changes to your treatment regime. Hi everyone, thanks for joining us. So you're listening to part one of Adrenal Fatigue. I'm joined with Lisa Costa-Beer, a fellow naturopath, and um, hopefully we can shed some light on what is adrenal fatigue and what does it cause and, and how you feel when you have it and what's actually happening in the body. So I know that Lisa, you do quite a lot of work with adrenal fatigue in your clinic, don't you? I do, I pretty much test every single patient that comes into my clinic for um, adrenal fatigue. Yeah, right. so it's pretty, pretty common thing that you're seeing. Very, very common, particularly as I specialise in the management of thyroid disorders and the two tend to go hand in hand. Yeah, definitely. Oh, we'll be interested to sort of talk about how that actually happens um, as mm. well. So what actually is adrenal fatigue? So the adrenal fatigue is a state where the body, there are three different stages basically, but the adrenal glands, I'll give you a little introduction about the adrenal glands first of all. They're two pyramid structures that sit on the back of each kidney. And what they do is they secrete different hormones. So over 50 different types of hormones, so they have a really big job to to do. Um, But the most important ones that we're interested in are cortisol, which is our stress hormone, and adrenaline, noradrenaline, um, as well as small amounts of estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. So in adrenal fatigue, um, there are three different stages. There's a stage one, which is our, uh, um, I guess you could say it's more of a fight or flight response. So usually very, very high levels of cortisol, um, which is our stress hormone. But by the time you get to stage three adrenal fatigue, which takes a little while to get there, your body's actually not producing much cortisol. It just can't meet, meet the demands that are required and DHEA is also low. So these people tend to feel very flat, um, very, very fatigued, whereas stage one, though they may, may feel fatigued, because they've got so much cortisol um, being secreted, they tend to feel really irritable and anxious and sleeping may also be an issue because those cortisol levels are keeping them um wide awake really so I tend to call that the wired um, yet tired stage whereas stage three they're just it's really hard to get going it's hard to get out of bed in the morning um, for most people and those those people tend to really love coffee and sugar because it gives them a little spike coffee actually spikes our cortisol levels and makes us feel temporarily better um, so, yeah, adrenal fatigue is just a stage where the, the body is either producing excessive cortisol or not producing enough, and it's a, really a state of depletion. So um, as the, it's not so much as the name actually suggests that adrenal fatigue is where our adrenal glands are literally fatigued. Mm-hmm. There's just like this whole other sort of system of things happening, but that's the usual patterns that you would be able to sort of um, yeah. place people in. Yeah, exactly. And then what we see is with adrenal fatigue, it can lead to chronic fatigue ultimately if it's not sorted out because they, their cortisol levels become so low that the person is just obviously tired all the time. And then 
all sorts of other things go wrong too. The immune system starts to malfunction. Every single system in the body is affected. Yeah, because there's so much that can cause chronic fatigue syndrome and mm. definitely like when you've got that, that stress and that cortisol um, and the HPA axis dysfunction mm. happening, that can be a huge player as well. That's right. So um, you can go between those different phases of the um, stress as well, can't you? So you can yeah. sort of flick in and out of straight stage one and that's a fairly mm. normal stage for people to be in. That's just like yeah. everyday life. And yeah. then stage two and stage three is when you start feeling it on a more long-term basis. That's right, exactly. So, um, yeah, stage one is, is really a warning sign by your body saying to you, look, this isn't right, What the way that you're living your life, um, the amount of stress that you're under is, is, is not sustainable for me. And most people tend to just keep, keep going and keep going and not really changing those habits. And then ultimately, yeah, on a long-term basis, that leads to stage three, particularly if you throw in some major stresses like a divorce or an unhappy relationship or having a child or a stressful job. You know, there needs to be some sort of initi usually multiple initi initiating stresses in there to, to really lead to adrenal fatigue. So stress, uh, in terms of what can actually set adrenal fatigue off, stress is a huge thing. Um, Absolutely, and exactly. like you said, we're saying it's a, like emotional stress can be a huge thing, and that's all this, all that stuff that can happen. And um, but there's also dietary stress and inflammatory stress. So often, you know, people don't think about dietary stress as being a cause of stress in the body. So skipping meals and leaving big gaps and the blood sugar dropping, well, that's a stressor to the body as well. Or too many stimulants, that's a stressor to the body. So or even not getting enough nutrients, that's a stressor to the body and then you've also got your inflammatory stress so any inflammation in the body and most people you know a lot of people that we see suffer from period pain on a monthly basis or migraines or back pain and they kind of just don't tend to think of this as being a stressor to their body but these are all forms of stress and often people have more than one of these going on at the same time so they may have emotional stress they may have inflammatory stress and they may have dietary stress all combined and your body is just thinking stress 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 on a daily basis and often all, all throughout the day. So, you know, your poor little adrenal glands are secreting cortisol all the time and they're not really meant to because cortisol is only meant to be secreted on a, you know, small amount where there's a major stressor. So if we take it back thousands of years ago to when we were hunters and gatherers and we were out there with our pitchfork or, or with our stick or whatever and we've got, we're looking for our berries and our nuts and our seeds and we come face to face with a lion or tiger, ah, you know, we're faced with a perceived stressor, something that could kill us. So our cortisol levels are going to shoot through the roof to alert us that there's a danger. And that's a good thing because we don't just want to be sitting around, relaxed and, oh, there's a tiger, fantastic, because it'll kill us. So the cortisol makes us think, okay, what am I going to do? Am I going to run away and hide in my cave or am I going to kill it? Being animal lovers, we're going to run away, hide in our cave. Ah, when the perceived stress is gone, our cortisol eventually comes down. In the world that we're living in now, most of us are stressed all the time because we're thinking, oh, I'm late for work, quick, got to run, got to swig a coffee down while driving simultaneously and putting on my makeup at the same time. And then, ah, oh, you know, finger up in the air because that person's trying to cut me off and, you know, it's stress all the time. <laughs> so it's plans up and they really <laughs> 
and yeah, like deadlines and, and then like fighting with people, like mm. maybe fighting with your spouse or fighting with people at work and all of that sort of stuff or your, yeah, yeah. in-laws, yeah. in common source <laughs> of stress on my <laughs> I always hear about that, yeah. yeah. And then certain periods of the year, you know, Christmas for a lot of people yeah. is a really stressful time, even though it's meant to be a time of joy and, you know, family and all the rest of it. A lot of people, as you said, don't like spending time with their family. So um, certain times of the year can be quite stressful too. Mm. Yeah, I think I think that Christmas is fun when you're a kid and then when you're yeah. an adult, then you've got too much responsibility <laughs> involved around that time. Mm. But um, I... It's interesting what you were saying as well about the inflammation causing a form of stress as well. So having an injury or a chronic injury can certainly yeah. have, a, have a player as well. But similarly, um, having adrenal um, stress as well will mean that you're unable to heal from your injuries as effectively as well. So that's sort of a catch-22 there. Mm, that's right, yeah. And often people find that they can't shake off certain diseases. So I'm seeing a lot of people who have parasitic infection at the moment, say blastocystis or something like that. And the conventional treatment is usually antibiotic therapy, sometimes you know multiple rounds, but they're not able to actually kick off and get rid of that parasite because they're actually in a stage of adrenal fatigue. And it's very common for people who are in that stage three adrenal adrenal fatigue because they're so depleted to not be able to get rid of bugs and um, you know h pylori bacteria another example where if you're really really depleted in your adrenal fatigue that's not that's probably not going to happen so often you know we might like to do six months of just getting the body back to where it needs to be using adrenal trophic restorative herbs improving their diet lifestyle all the things that actually impact on adrenal function and then their body hopefully can kick off that bacteria or parasite itself or at least if they decide to do the herbal medicine or the antibiotic therapy, they stand a much better chance of actually getting rid of the parasite because everything's in much better shape. Yeah, that's a really good point. I, I have that same sort of approach as well. Like you've got to have that um, back-end, front-end therapy where you're treating the gut and you're treating the nervous system at the same time. Um, otherwise, it's just like it's going to be pushing back on each other. Mm. Yeah, um, and another thing that can often happen as well is that like like periods of stress around the time that the adrenal glands are starting to develop, that can actually set you up to be more prone to stress later on. Um, so adrenarche, which is like when your adrenal glands are starting to develop, which is usually a couple of years before puberty starts, um, that's usually around maybe like any time from eight or so. Um, and yeah, if you have any major stresses in your life at that time, then that can set you up to be more prone to a bit of adrenal fatigue oh, that's really interesting mm. so for, for example I guess kids that whose parents are getting divorced or yeah. and not having a good time at school and so on that would play a major role yeah or like developing chronic fatigue um, sorry glandular fever at that time that mm. can sort of mm. be a harder point because as well because their adrenals are just starting to kick start if they get sick at that time then that can really set them up for some issues mm. interesting yeah, I do a bit of work with, with children and, and teenagers and a lot of the time it is never been right since that, that sort of time mm. and that's usually what's happening. Mm. Maybe maybe that's even just like they weren't getting the right nutrients that they needed. Yeah, that's the, what I was yeah. yeah, adrenal yeah. development. Mm. Of course, that's just theoretical. but <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense, you know, yeah. you what you eat and you need all those nutrients for your body to function well. Yeah. Mm. So I think for a lot of people, they find that adrenal fatigue is kind of a um, 
almost like a made-up condition. And so I think what I wanted to sort of really dispel in this talk today is that it's not. But for me, what I find the issue is is that adrenal fatigue is a term that a lot of naturopaths use, um, but it doesn't. It's not just the. Um, it's not just that cortisol being depleted that's actually happening. It's that HPA axis dysfunction, which is the mm. hypothalamus, the pituitary, and the adrenal glands. And so, mm. these this HPA axis, there's a lot of different axes in the body. You've got your HP, HPA adrenals, HPT thyroid, yeah. HPO, ovarian, yeah. Yeah, so um, all of these things, when the signaling isn't right, that's mm. when things start to really go a bit wonky. Mm, but the, right. the, the hypothalamus and the pituitary have a role to play in this whole complete picture that's happening. So um, one of the things as well is that when people who are really highly stressed, the, hy the hypothalamus produces this um, um, corticotropin releasing hormone which then sends a message to the adrenal glands to do their thing um, and so this is why a lot of people are feeling stresses it's actually it's not just starting at the adrenal glands it's starting higher up Absolutely. and one of the things that's happening as well is um, this there's a neurotransmitter called orexin which is being produced by the hypothalamus and when you're chronically stressed or when you've got inflammation from um, whatever cause which is usually things like yeah being maybe being overweight or eating something that's not right for you then the orexin neurotransmitter is actually going to be suppressed and so then that's why people get real fatigue associated with adrenal fatigue so um Orexin is actually um, what the autoimmune cells target in people with mm -hmm. narcolepsy. So that's mm -hmm. why they get that, that yeah, falling asleep all the time. Mm -hmm. um, so inflammation has a huge role to play with it, as we were just talking about before. And so I think that um, basically what I'm why I'm saying this for is that for people who – um, are like oh adrenal fatigue pish posh it's like no it's actually it's the thing it's yeah. just that it's at this stage so this is the plane going over <laughs> <laughs> at this stage it is pretty complicated and so the job of a naturopath is to actually or a nutritionist or like a healthcare practitioner is to be able to say all right well i think this is actually what's happening for mm. you Mm. But definitely, I think we need to be addressing inflammation as all of these things as well. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So, in terms of testing, like what I find, you know, you can't you can't deny that there is a condition called adrenal fatigue because you can test for it. Um, and we use, you know, functional medicine testing. I usually do is suggest doing a saliva profile, which is called an adrenal um, cortex stress profile. So. The company I use a health scope, but there are a range of different testing facilities that can be used. And basically, they're doing a saliva four saliva samples throughout the day, and that's just to get a nice map of your circadian rhythm, basically, because your cortisol should be highest in the morning, about half an hour after you wake up. So ideally, that's when you would do your first sample, and then it should drop throughout the day, like that. This, um, so that you know, around eight o'clock, nine o'clock, it should be at its lowest point. But what we see with stage one is that their cortisol may be like through the roof, much higher than, you know, than it should be. Stage three, much lower. And then you get all sorts of strange things too, you know, where cortisol might be high at eight o'clock, but low 
um, in the morning. So if it's high at eight o'clock at night, that person's going to find it really difficult to be winding down. They're, they often have overactive minds and they're ruminating, thinking about all the things they've got to do. And, you know, they get a second a peak at 10 o'clock and instead of going to sleep, they're out there. I find this with a lot of my mums. Um, they start ironing or cleaning or something like that. And obviously that's not great if, if you're not sleeping then you're not getting that rest and rejuvenation to actually heal so the, I find that doing the adrenal um, stress profile is a really good way for clients to see exactly what's going on with their cortisol levels throughout the day because you know we can guess but I'm not always right I'm usually right but you know, <laughs> I've done so many of them now I can usually pick it but often there'll be there'll be little differences with each individual patient. So I think it's a really great thing to be able to test and each person can see exactly what's going on with their cortisol levels. And, you know, it's really good for patients because sometimes they'll say, you know, I'm so tired, so fatigued, I just can't get myself going. But, you know, my blood tests show everything's okay. When we do the adrenal cortex stress profile, we can say, well, of course you're feeling tired and fatigued. It's not to do with your iron or anything like that. It's just due to the fact that you've had so much stress in your life that you're completely depleted and you're not producing enough cortisol throughout the day. Once we get working on that and using different herbs and supplements and lifestyle techniques to support that, they feel so much better. Um, you can do a, a saliva te a blood test to look at your morning cortisol. The, the GPs will do that. But unfortunately, um, it's not the most accurate reading because when you have a needle, automatically for a lot of people, that's an invasive procedure. It's a bit stressful. So your cortisol will actually be increased. So you're only getting that one reading in the morning. And, you know, some people's morning cortisol is, is fine. It's just still all the, the stuff that's happening the rest of the day that's not so good. So one reading isn't particularly useful unless it's really high. Um, getting a, a nice map of what's happening in the whole day, how you're managing your stress throughout the whole day is a much better, you know, indicator of what's going on in your life. Um, and with the saliva one, they also look at your DHEA as well, and that's an, also a very important hormone in terms of how people are feeling with regards to their vitality and libido and so on. And they're in their repair. Absolutely, yeah. I think that one of the benefits with the, doing the saliva test as well is that you can actually target the treatment so that like if you're particularly high at one point, then you can go in with things that will lower the cortisol and vice versa. And with the DHEA as well, that's also involved with the inflammation and the, the wound repair and the not being able to recover from illnesses as well. Yeah, I, t I love that you said that because I find it really frustrating when practitioners just diagnose, oh, you're adrenally fatigued, but they haven't done a saliva profile because it's quite an intricate little system. You know, people aren't just low, all low throughout the day. Sometimes they have highs at 8 p.m. and you want to lower that. So you need to be able to target your herbs specifically and you can't just give... We know licorice is a really good adrenal tonic, but you can't give licorice at 8 p.m. because yeah. it extends the half-life of cortisol and you're going to make the cortisol even higher, essentially. So just giving you know products that contain licorice as a just blanketing and going, oh, you've got adrenal fatigue, take this product. There's not a lot of... Um, it's lacking in terms of knowledge to do that. Yeah. It's a quick reductionist. I, I, I think... I feel the same way because I do find that adrenal fatigue is much more of a complicated issue. Mm. So you do have to actually sort of target it according to what's happening for for the individual, mm. which is what we do. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So what's, what are some of the symptoms of adrenal fatigue that are pretty, pretty common? And then what are some of the rarer um, symptoms that would, people would get? So it depends on what stage of adrenal fatigue they have. I usually find um, the stage ones tend to be really irritable. Um, they can be very, very anxious due to those high levels of cortisol because the body's in that sympathetic nervous state and it thinks it's it's prized for attack. It's thinking, oh, oh there's a lion. Ah. So anxiety tends to be high. Insomnia may be an issue, panic attacks even, and just just being um, very jumpy. So a car may, may backfire and they will have an exaggerated response to that stress. But then in that stage three, because they're so depleted, you know, a car could be there or, or essentially that lion could be there to attack them and they're just so fatigued and depleted that they're like, oh, just come and get me, lion, just carry me away. I can't mount a response anymore. I'm, I'm too depleted to really do that. Um, fatigue, depression, you know, all those types of symptoms really fit in low blood pressure with the stage three. But that doesn't mean a lot of people think, oh, if I'm a stage three, you know, I wouldn't be able to get myself out of bed. You know, it, it's in line with chronic fatigue, but that's not true. A lot of people who have stage three adrenal fatigue are highly functioning. They have just learned to, even though they're tired, they still just drag themselves out of bed and maybe drink a coffee or two or eight or 10. Um, as I met with one person yesterday, eight, 10 coffees a day suffering from anxiety. Um, but that's just become their normal. They have learned to function in that way. Yeah. Okay. Um, so some of the rarer symptoms as well that people might get, they, that can be related to cortisol, that can be related to all, all the inflammation that's happening as well, but that can be things like feeling cold all the time and mm. or circulation. Sweat, night sweats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that blood sugar level disturbances are a huge part of adrenal fatigue. Um, but actually having said that, I think that sometimes it, um, blood sugar level problems can come first. Mm. And so if you're eating poorly, so maybe you're not eating enough, maybe you're eating too much, maybe you're eating too much refined foods, that would be the first thing that I would I would personally suggest that people start looking at because I find that if you can control your blood sugar levels, then your cortisol isn't going to be mounting a response to a low blood sugar level response as well. So eating regularly and well is the first thing that I usually get people to do before I even go in with um, – cortisol testing or adrenal herbs and usually it only takes a couple of weeks to actually notice a difference from doing that if that's all it is whereas if it, if it is much more of a chronic sort of condition then that's why I, that's when I would go in and say okay I think it's warranted now that we do a test or mm. we use some herbs etc so are there any other tests that you recommend for people with adrenal fatigue apart from the cortisol saliva test um, I like to do all the hormones as well because what I find is in adrenal fatigue, if there's, there's something called the pregnenolone steal that happens. A pregnen pregnenolone is a molecule that is required to make both cortisol and progesterone. And when people are chronically stressed all the time, the body is pushing that pregnenolone down the cortisol pathway and as a result, progesterone becomes low because none of the pregnenolone is going down that pathway. So then they can start to suffer from a lot of menstrual disturbances and a lot of the, the signs and symptoms associated with low progesterone, such as... Um, irritability and teariness before the period they may start to get insomnia just before they get their period um, and as a result of that low progesterone automatically they become um, estrogen excess even if they don't have a lot of estrogen um, automatically it throws the hormones out in that way so they some people will have really light periods other people will get very very heavy periods with lots of clotting and pain and so on so 
I like to do a full hormone profile as well, just to see what's going on there. But ultimately, you still need to just work on supporting those adrenals so that they start doing their job properly. Because particularly something I see a lot with perimenopausal women is that they've been under stress for a long period of time. And then when it comes to perimenopause, what happens is the ovaries and um, so on, you know, their function is declining and they're not producing the the hormones anymore, such as estrogen, it's actually the adrenal's job to kick in and be supporting the body and producing that estrogen and progesterone and testosterone and so on. But if they've been chronically depleted, well, they're not going to be doing that. And that's when women get much more pronounced symptoms because the, the organs that were meant to be supporting the body have been so fatigued that they're not doing that. They're not producing those those hormones. So again, even with perimenopausal women, I'm supporting their adrenals rather than just giving hormones supporting hers because it's the adrenals' job to be doing that. We need to fix them up. Otherwise, they'll be on hormone therapy forever. Yeah, it's not actually fixing the problem, just sort mm. of putting it in there. And so in terms of the, the labs, do you just use the health scope for the um, baseline hormone profile as well? That's right, yeah. But or I'll, or I'll just do regular old blood. Okay. Because I know that Nutripath is another lab that does a few different types of hormones as well, and they're including a bit more of a diverse amount mm. of hormones. That's only just something that I've um, learnt about in the last year. Mm. Um, What's exciting about the labs as opposed to conventional um, medical tests is they test the, the different types of estrogen. Mm. So at certain times in the life cycle, you know, the three different types of estrogen are higher or greater and they show the more proliferative types of estrogen that are associated with breast cancer and so on, you know, if they're out of range. So I think that can be a really interesting thing to look at for women who have a history of um, estrogen-dependent cancers in their their um, family and things like that and just target that a bit more if required. Yeah, definitely. Um and you, you might need to look at the liver and that, that sort of thing mm. as well to help with, with the, all that's happening. And then um, the other thing is the thyroid function, as you were talking mm. about earlier. Yeah, so, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So which you can do with, with blood tests. Um, mm. you, can, you can get a lot of symptoms just from talking to someone, like you can un get an understanding of what's happening there. Even um, doing something like your temperatures in the morning is a good way to gauge yeah. how both your thyroid and your adrenal function is going because if right. that's chronically low, then that means that they're both struggling. Mm, that's right, yeah. Awesome. So I've spoken a bit about how inflammation is involved in this HPA axis dysfunction before, but I just want to go into it a little bit further just so people have got a bit more of an understanding. So what's actually happening is that this inflammation is causing the HPA axis um, to cause an elevation of our cytokines, which is a type of immune immune cell. So in particular, what we, we can usually, we can test for this and what you might see is something called tumor tumor necrosis factor alpha or TNF alpha and another one is interleukin 1b and so what happens is that, that these being high they then go on to affect our neurotransmitter balance and the main way that it does that is what we were talking about before is that sleepy neurotransmitter orexin so 
what is actually causing us to become inflamed? Well, a lot of the time it, it's coming from our diet and this can be from maybe eating too many foods that disagree with us or um, like you, you might even benefit from doing something like an elimination and challenge um, diet which can help you to identify if there's any sort of food intolerances. So the most common ones are wheat, dairy, eggs, soy, peanuts and citrus. Um, I usually get people to start with looking at the, the wheat and the dairy and the eggs first and then go on from there because the consumption of the other ones tends to be a little bit lower and the other thing is that it can be coming from fatty acid imbalance so a lot of the time people are having too much omega-6 in relation to their omega-3 and this is because we're having a lot more grains in our diet and also because our um, like the, the meats that we're eating are fed on a grain diet whereas if they're fed as close as they should be to nature such as like for cows that's grass and for chickens that's um, grass and grubs then they have higher omega-3 in in their tissues which then we get the benefit from when we have um, and it can also be coming from too low levels of good bacteria in the gut or too high levels of bad bacteria so as we, we were talking about before like with the people with the chronic infections like the blastocystis that sort of thing and also the immune system can go wonky as well so that, that could be if maybe you're not fighting off an infection properly maybe you're nutritionally deficient in like vitamin c or zinc or vitamin d or iron or it can be an autoimmune problem and so any sort of chronic infection that you have like that might be sometimes like dwelling around there that 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 might not actually be giving you any sort of obvious signs that you have an infection mm. so um you can do a few blood tests, or you can look at your white blood cells in particular, like your monocytes, to see if there's a bit of a chronic infection. You can look for inflammatory markers in your blood tests as well. But um, a lot of the time, like you can, you can tell by symptoms. So if you're generally achy, if you're feeling a bit lousy, if you've got maybe like a piercing that doesn't seem to heal, or if you respond to like you, like when you put an earring in, you're really reactive to it. That's a common thing that I see that people have got this not so great immune system or if they're getting sick all the time as well it can even be like a chronic runny nose or like a bit of a sniffle or like a, a chronic toenail infection like just even something like that which just does not seem all that obvious that can be enough oh and sleep <laughs> sleep issues are a really common issue as well so yeah that's my rant on inflammation <laughs> <laughs> i know i know you're big on inflammation <laughs> yeah um and I think, yeah, that's definitely something I wanted to sort of just, yeah, cover because I think that it's an important player in what's mm. happening with mm. these people. Mm. So, all right, so next time we'll go into what we can actually do for adrenal fatigue. Yeah, and there's a lot we can do. It's yeah. very exciting. Yeah. So that'll, that'll be good. So stay tuned for that. That'll be up yeah. next week. And um, what are you up to for the rest of the day? Oh, I've got a lovely day in clinic, <laughs> being patient. Mm. Well, I'm going to go visit my nana and then I'm going to clinic. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. Nice so, balance. thanks for joining us and thanks everyone for listening. So, if you want to get in contact with me, you can find me on naturopathnsw.com.au. And, and if they want to get in contact with Lisa, um, it's lisacostavianaturopath.com.au. Great. Right. All right. Thanks everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs>